From the studios of Advancing Vibrant Communities in Modesto, California, this is Lighthouse Live Radio on the Lighthouse Live International Podcasting Network. Welcome to Lighthouse Live, the radio voice of advancing vibrant communities. Our mission is to motivate believers to move out from the four walls of the church to personally serve the needs of their neighborhoods. Get ready for a no-holds-barred, honest look at the Christian lifestyle the way Christ commanded it to be. All that and more coming right up here on Lighthouse Live. And good evening to you, wherever you may be. Pastor Mike Douglas here. Welcome to Lighthouse Live. Great to have you with us, especially those of you joining us around the world. Special greetings to those of you uh, listening in Canada. And there's about, uh, I don't know, 15 or 16, 16 of you in East Germany listening to Lighthouse Live. Always good to hear from you. And uh, our greetings to you listening in Israel, all around the globe. Great to have you with us. Thank you for being part of the uh, Advancing Vibrant Communities family. And uh, our special thanks, by the way, to the good folks at Big Valley Grace. We were able to visit there this week and uh, picked up three or four uh, people with contractor skills. Thank what you a, for that. Yeah, what a major need we have. By the way, friends, right now we are installing uh, wheelchair ramps for a lot of folks who can't afford them, and some of them can't get out of their uh, mobile homes during a fire. And so what what a great way uh, to serve and to show the love and grace and compassion of Jesus Christ in a very real and meaningful way to people. Uh, not only do we uh, transform their lives in terms of their physical needs, but they get to see Christ in action, and that opens the door, of course, when they start to ask why are you doing this? Right. And uh, what, a, what, a, what a great lead in there. I uh, want to introduce you in just a couple of moments to uh, some old friends. I mean, they're not old. No. They're, they're friends. No, we don't they're want friends. to go there. Don't no, start off not on old. them. No, they, no, are, no, no, no. they are longtime friends. Claude and Gaylene <laughs> yes. Terry will introduce them to you in just a second. Right now, though, let's check in with our friends from Voice of the Martyrs. What will people mean when they hear that I'm a Jesus freak? What will people do? Hey, what's up? This is Toby Mack with the Challenge for Jesus Freaks. Many believers are well acquainted with Philippians 4.13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But did you know that Paul wrote those words to the church in Philippi while he was in prison in Rome? Amazingly, the letter reflects a spirit of joy and a thankful heart. The verse that follows is quite revealing. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, yet it was good of you to share in my troubles. Paul confirms he is totally dependent on God, but he still needed to share his troubles with other believers. In the same way, the persecuted church today gets all their strength from God, but still needs you and I to share their burden. You can start by going online to persecution.com. And back with you live here on Lighthouse Live, and appreciate your support for uh, Persecution.com, the voice of the martyrs, and uh, to keep our brothers and sisters around the world in prayer. You know, it's uh, we, we get, I think, um, kind of lazy, and uh, we assume things here in the United States of America. And uh, at least for now, we're not, uh, we're not uh, physically in danger if we're praying together and conducting open worship, uh, although that, that could be the case someday. Uh, but we realize there are places around the world where uh, heavy 
persecution exists, and we do have the responsibility to lift our brothers and sisters up in prayer. And uh, persecution.com has uh, a wonderful way of being able to uh, give us information on that on a, on a regular basis, and we thank you for uh, your support of them. Now, stateside, let's take a look at what's happening with Brad Dacus and the Pacific Justice Institute. It's time for The Legal Edge, a look at your rights as a Christian, a parent, and a citizen. And now, with a look at what's happening on the legal front, the president of the Pacific Justice Institute, Brad Dacus. San Diego Unified School District's board is under heavy pressure from the ACLU and Planned Parenthood. You see, these groups want a 20-year policy of parental permission for students to leave campus for any reason overturned. They cite so-called medical emancipation statutes, which allows minors to obtain reproductive health care, translate abortion, without parental notice or consent. Let students seek that care outside of school hours. It is certainly not the job of schools to be facilitating abortion services. Pacific Justice Institute's Pete Lepiscopo is on top of it and has offered PGI's free services should the district face legal action for upholding parental rights. I'm Brad Dacus. To find out more about The Legal Edge, call 916-857-6900 or log on at pacificjustice.org. And just a reminder, friends, you can call them toll-free at one 305 9129 That's 1-888-305-9129. Again, their website, excellent website, a lot of great information, www.pacificjustice.org. And just a reminder, if you'd like to find out new opportunities to serve, if you're with us here in Stanislaw County or southern end of San Joaquin County, uh, log on to vibrantcommunities.org. That's vibrantcommunities.org. Click on the little red flashy gizmo. icon gizmo, gizmo thing, and uh, that's Tech Talk right there, and it'll, <laughs> it'll, it'll take you right to our daily update page. Take a look now at the Volunteer Center of the United Ways. They have uh, some opportunities for you to serve. Foreclosure Prevention and Mortgage Checkup. Mm. It's going on, presented by the County of Stanislaw and United Way of Stanislaw, the No Homeowner Left Behind. Mm. They're having this checkup event. It's going to be held Saturday, March 8th from 8 to 3 p.m. at the Harvest Hall. This event is free to the public and will offer consultations with industry professionals and so forth. Uh, volunteers are needed, ages 18 years and older, to greet and direct attendees and kind of help out in uh, helping the public to complete information forms. Bilingual uh, individuals and all languages are especially needed. A volunteer orientation is going to be held the week of March uh, 3rd. This will be a chance to share some hope and just touch some lives at that. So, uh, Boy, radically needed right radically now. Radically needed right now, especially wow. in our state. Right mm. First Step Perinatal Substance Abuse Treatment Program, where volunteers can interact with young children ages infant to five years in the Child Development Center. Uh, volunteers needed to care for children, rock infants, play games uh, while their mothers are in treatment, counseling, or at doctor's appointments. Now, children may have behavior, no doubt, emotional and special needs due to substance exposure during the pregnancy. Volunteer scheduling is available weekdays from 845 in the morning until 12 noon and 1245 to 4 p.m. Volunteers should enjoy interacting with children, uh, be at least 18 years of age, and complete a TV clearance and fingerprint background check. Uh, First Step operated by Sierra Vista Child and Family Services and the Center for Human Services. And this is a drug and alcohol treatment program for pregnant, postpartum, and parenting 
women uh, and their children licensed and certified by the State of California Department of Alcohol and Drug Programs. Again, an opportunity for you to touch some lives and just uh, reach out and love some folks there. Uh, also, the uh, Miracle Mission where you can uh, lend a helping hand to those less fortunate. Uh, volunteers are needed to help prepare and serve breakfast, uh, greet clients and distribute clothing, hygiene products, and household items to homeless men and women and children. Uh, this happens on the third Saturday of each month between 6 and 11 a.m. at the Salvation Army Corps in Modesto. Volunteers may also mend, repair, and sort clothing uh, in their own homes at their own pace. This might uh, appeal to you. The Miracle Mission outreaches to the homeless population throughout the community by providing basic needs, such as meals, food, pantry, clothing, and personal products. So if any of these items appeal to you, we would encourage you to get a hold of our good friend, Barbara Borba. And she's reachable at 209-524-1307. Extension 113. Again, that's 209 524 Extension 113. Or you can always contact us here at 209 544 9571. That's 209-544-9571. And many opportunities exist right now for you. Uh, simple ways to share the love of Christ, like driving individuals to dialysis appointments, maybe donating a space heater. We got a call for that today. Mm. Uh, or perhaps you can pull a weed or two or mow a lawn while you're doing that this weekend uh, with the nice weather on the way. So those are some of the things that you might want to uh, consider doing as well. You know, it is amazingly simple how the smallest thing can be a tremendous oh, blessing. Absolutely. I had a woman come up to me the other day uh, on Sunday, actually, mm. as we were visiting some local churches, and she said, you know, I don't know if you know it or not, but you, you came out and helped me, my mom. Oh. And a uh, simple thing, putting up a grad bar, you know, mm. can radically help someone and change their lives. And the, the message that that, uh, that takes with it is absolutely incredible. And again, friends, here in Stanislaus County, we have a growing, backed-up, waiting mm-hmm. list need of people who can't get to their uh, yes. medical appointments, can't get to their kidney dialysis appointments. And, uh, boy, we as the body of Christ can take care of that. What a, what a great way to love our city. You huh? bet. And before we get to our guest here, one final thing. Pastor Mike spoke of our, our listeners in Israel. I want to give you an opportunity from uh, our good friend, author, and my personal tour guide and listener in Israel, Adrian Wolf. Mm. Brand new, hot off the press. I've already ordered my copy, A Chronology of Israel. Now, this is a, a history providing you with a background uh, covering specific periods and events with pictures and everything from Father Abraham to 2007. And it's now available through Adrian's website at uh, Adrian Wolf, and that's A-E Wolf, that's A-E-W-O-L-F-F at I-N-T-E-R dot N-E-T dot I-L. Or you can contact me here at ABC. That might be easier. It might be easier. (laughs) Call me here at 209-544-9571. I probably did, but I'll tell you what. uh, Give me a call here at Mm. ABC, and we will connect you with the opportunity to order uh, your book, Chronology of Israel. Well, how long we have wanted and waited for tonight's special opportunity as we warmly welcome the Terrys, Claude and Gaylene of Modesto, California. I want to thank you guys for taking the time to spend with us here on Lighthouse Life. 
It's great to be here. It is, and it's fun to be here together. Yeah, together, <laughs> together again. We a, like that. A dynamic <laughs> duo, a husband and wife, and your family, the children. We have Shane, Seth, and Eden. Did I get them in the right that's, order? That's the right and order. And they're all over seven feet tall, right, Clyde? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Boys <laughs> over 6'5". <six, five. laughs> wow. Five, five, of course, eight. anybody over 5'3 wow. is tall to me, right? <laughs> Claude, Claude Terry, I know. We have some basketball. No, wait, wait, wait. You have you didn't mention our eight grandchildren. Eight grandchildren. Oh, yes. I know I don't have their names in their orders, That's but okay. Gailene, I know you in. do. <laughs> Got to talk about those grandchildren because I'm there with you. I don't have eight, but working on it. By the time Lori and I have grandchildren, we'll be on oxygen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I was going to. Yeah, that may be a good thing. <laughs> Claude, I know we must have some basketball players and fans and and uh, loyal listeners out there, and and I just just would hope that you would relive some of your uh, basketball years and and uh, career with us tonight. Well, I love basketball. I I grew up in a very athletic home. Uh, my father was a uh, all-state basketball and football player, mm. and so. Sports was uh, was a relational uh, kind of thing. You know, it's not like it is today. You kind of grow up wanting to be a professional athlete. It was more, uh, this is what our family did. We got together and played football when it was football season and basketball when it was basketball season and baseball when it was baseball season. And you did it together. We did it all yeah. together. And I think that's why I, I loved, um, you know, sports is because uh, it was relationship building and uh, the whole concept of team, but uh, I grew up here in Modesto. Went to Modesto High School. All uh, right, me yeah, too. Yay. Yeah, right. And so did my wife. Same here. Yay! And then uh, I received an athletic scholarship to uh, Stanford University. Went there and uh, played basketball there for uh, Stanford, and then uh, played in the uh, ABA and the NBA for six years. Um, in the in the seventies, when we did it for fun, not for money. <laughs> <laughs> and and you're in the uh, the Stanford Basketball Hall of Fame, aren't you? Nineteen seventy two, right? Uh, that's when I graduated. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. And I noticed that you had lots of hair, big mustache there in that picture. <laughs> that? Well. You know, during those. I love this picture. Yeah. <laughs> I love this picture. And, you know, to think, I could have been watching you. Watching Pete Maravich was great, but I mean, you know, you were just. They call me Caliber Claude. <laughs> <laughs> you know, Pistol Pete, Pistol Caliber yeah. Claude. Oh, that was awesome. Or yeah. the blonde awesome. Sonny Bono. Yes, that was that was. You're one looking of those. at that picture. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this, yes. For those of us who can relate to that era. Yeah, absolutely. Did they call you Cher? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I I like the blonde version of Cher Gailing. I do. That's yeah. cool. That's she did. Cool. She looked awesome. You know, Claude, you, you talked about uh, sports being a, a relational thing, a, a relationship building mm -hmm. thing. And, you know, the popularity of basketball over the past couple of decades, you know, in baseball, you got to go buy a bat and you got to get spikes and you got to get a field laid out and uh, you know, what, what what do you think are some of the reasons why basketball is so popular? I mean, it seems like you just grab a ball and find uh, something that kind of looks like a hoop, and, and you're in business, right? Right. Uh, and and one thing about basketball, it was uh, it was invented. It was created by a by a believer, a follower of Christ. Uh, oh. Doctor James Naismith was uh, uh, studying to, for the ministry in Springfield, Massachusetts, and. 
they wanted to find a sport uh, between football and basketball, and he had 18, uh, I mean, football, <laughs> football and baseball. And, baseball. Yeah. We were and, with you. and then um, he had 18 students in his class. He divided them up and, and um, created this sport. And uh, so uh, he really created the sport of basketball to be a sport for everyone to play. Mm. And I think that um, is why it, it gained popularity very, very quickly uh, after it was invented because it was he was a, a member of the YMCA and because they had a newsletter that went throughout the world, uh, their international newsletter, the rules and how to play it went uh, very, very quickly uh, around the world. And so... Uh, it's one of those games, like you mentioned, Michael, that um, um, it's, it doesn't take a lot. Uh, you know, a hoop and a, and a basketball, and anybody can play. It doesn't have you don't have to have a big field, so it's become really an urban game also right. because of that. And so it's it's a great uh, it's a great game. You know, uh, we're looking at, and, and I would assume you know this is kind of a rhetorical question at this point. The NBA today probably is. Uh, and of course, you were part of the ABA, right? Uh, it and doesn't, ABA and the NBA, NBA doesn't look much like it did when when you were playing, uh, in terms of motivation and and the sense of why people are there. Well, especially financially, <laughs> <laughs> when I uh, be, uh, went in the league in 1972, minimum salary was seventeen thousand dollars a year. Wow! Wow! Um, what a what a difference! And, and huh? it's uh, I think one point one million. Uh, minimum salary today so um, talk you know, about things, a difference yes wow. it's quite a quite a change mm-hmm. but everything has changed in <laughs> proportion right i mean and, you know and again the it's, cost of eggs it, i mean right. you know, <laughs> <laughs> the starting salary here at abc is we don't want to go there we don't want to go there no 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 but it has become, uh, you know, the it's an entertainment business. It, yeah. it really is an entertainment business. So, and, and, and the the kids today, Claude, when they put people on a pedestal as they do, you you talked a little bit about this. It's so much different. You you addressed determination and um, values and and all of that. I so enjoyed reading that part on on the website. That mm-hmm. was just. Wonderful the way you you introduced who you were and, mm. and uh, what you stood for and it, it's just sad that mm. we don't have more of that. There there are a, a lot of good role models uh, in the NBA. Uh, for a number of years, I had the opportunity to work with a ministry called Pro Basketball Fellowship, mm-hmm. which uh, we coordinated the NBA Chapel program and a lot of, of, of great great young men that uh, you know follow Jesus Christ and are our role models uh, people like a uh, you know David Robinsons and the AC Greens of the world uh, really have made a made an impact and and are a great influence in our in our world now I want to hear though Keelan what what attracted you to this 64 is that right Six, six five, six five, almost six, five. Six, oh, almost six, six. I'm sorry, I was low there on. Yeah. The, you know, from my vantage point, you all look tall. So it's like know. over <laughs> seven. Feet. So, Gaylene, what uh, what attracted you to, to Claude? Well, we were in the same high school graduating class, and so we were friends. And after I trusted in the Lord, I knew he was a believer in high school. Hmm. I didn't know what that really meant. I knew he was religious in high school. After I trusted in the Lord, I knew he was a Christian. So 
just to try to get a hold of a Christian friend, I wrote him a letter because he'd already left for school. And that's how we got connected. Mm. I wrote him a letter in March. We had our first date in November. <laughs> and then we were engaged the next March and married in July. Wow. So, mm. uh, yeah, it was all the Lord did it. Mm. Amen. <laughs> Amen. What a great team From you put together. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. So you weren't like a cheerleader, and you were in, in high school. Yeah, she was a cheerleader. <laughs> but, okay, okay. But we never we and never no, dated until no. you know my senior year in college. So did you know like his scoring average and all that stuff? Yeah, I fortunately I liked basketball. Oh, that, that's a good thing. That is a very good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was a good start, wasn't yeah. it, Claude? Huh? <laughs> Claude, you spoke of determination, and and maybe not quite making the mark and, and, and not being where you wanted to be or and then you you did. You 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 had a determination. Maybe speak to that just a little bit. Well I, you know it's one of those weird things. Uh I grew up my both my grandfathers were uh, semi pro baseball players and mm. so baseball was really my number one sport. And it wasn't until I I injured my arm. I was a pitcher, and I injured my arm when I was 13 years old. And because I couldn't pitch, I kind of lost a little bit of interest in baseball. And so I just started, you know, playing basketball. And, again, it, it, it's different these days because people have all of these great heroes that they look up to, and they see the money money that they make, and so they, they really want to, to do that. They want to be a professional basketball player. But... It's one of those things that I just continue to play because I enjoyed it. And I, I played basketball. I had a, a wonderful uh, high school experience, had great coaches. I, I was fortunate to go to Stanford University and had uh, just a great coaches. My, my freshman coach was a believer and ended up still on the mission field today. Awesome. Um, great. 50, 50, no, not quite 50 years ago. But... <laughs> but uh, uh, and then my my varsity coach was a, a great man, very very uh, tender, meek, uh, just a gentleman coach. And so real, those people really had an influence on me. And so I just, you know, it's like I continued to play. And then I had an opportunity. I never dreamed I'd have an opportunity to play pro basketball. And I had the opportunity. And we just saw it as an opportunity, both my wife and I to uh, use basketball as a vehicle to share our faith. That is so cool. Phoenix Suns, Denver Nuggets, you went on to coach Seattle. Uh, I played, uh, I was actually drafted by Phoenix. I never played for Phoenix, uh, but I was drafted by both Phoenix and the Denver Nuggets. They were in the ABA at that time. And then when the merger occurred, uh, I played with the Buffalo Braves, which are now the Los Angeles Clippers, and then I oh. uh, ended up my career with Atlanta Hawks. Mm. Mm. Then we, I played a little bit in um, trying to come back from an injury. I played in Napoli, or Naples, Italy. Wow. In the Italian League. So. But inter- inter- interestingly enough, um, why don't you share the outreach story about the, the basketball card you got from the high school young man? Because... People think pro sports, but the impact on, you know, the average person can have. Because there has been a huge outreach with all this. Yeah, it's a really kind of a a, an interesting story, very humbling story. I 
when I was playing with the Denver Nuggets, there was a, a couple of young high school students who I got to know through a Fellowship of Christian Athletes. And they were really struggling in their faith and, and uh, integrating their, their athletics and their, and their walk with the Lord. And so they asked me if, if I would lead a Bible study. And so they got a couple other basketball players together, and we began a Bible study. Well, that began to grow, and it, it got pretty large. It became more than just basketball players. It became other athletes at, uh, at a high school in, in Denver. And it was a great, a great year, and make a long story short, they ended up winning. The, uh, the basketball team ended up winning the, state, uh, the Colorado State Basketball Championships. And on, on the state television and all that, they gave the glory to the Lord, Jesus mm. Christ. And so that whole year was, was um, given to the Lord. Well, I don't know, maybe just a few years ago, I got a letter from uh, a person up in Seattle. Uh, he had seen, I, I have a little testimony card. It looks like a basketball card. It has my testimony on it. And there, it was sitting at a church in, in Seattle, Washington. He saw the address, he wrote me a letter, and he said, you don't know me, uh, I went to Bear Creek High School, I was uh, part of that you know, athletic group, I went to a few Bible studies, but you really never knew me. I became a Christian uh, through that group, and now all of us kind of keep together, and he says, I just wanted to encourage you that uh, we have again, kept track and tried to find out how many people from from that school that this group had an influence in. And he says there he said that there have been over one thousand people wow. who have become believers mm-hmm. from that that high school group uh, sharing their faith. I don't know how he came up with that, but uh, I received a letter just a few years ago about uh, mm-hmm. about that. So uh, again, you know, I wasn't, all I was trying to do is being obedient to the Lord as an mm. athlete. And, uh, you know, these were, were great young men and just struggling in their faith. And I was obedient. So, again, it's just that encouragement to all of us when that opportunity is there uh, that we're obedient. You know, in Colossians 4 2, it, it tells us to, uh, you know, pray for open doors mm. and to make the most of every opportunity. So. Mm. And it's amazing how God kicks those open in, in unexpected ways. It sure does. But we have to be ready sure to walk does. through them, don't That's we? That's right. Absolutely. That is Visiting again, uh, friends, with uh, Claude and Gaylene Terry. And uh, Claude, bring us, because Gaylene, we want to hear your story oh, here in a yes. second. But Claude, uh, t- tell us, uh, eventually uh, God led you here to... Uh, back to Modesto and First Baptist Church and just some dynamic ministry opportunities there. Tell us how he uh, he opened those doors for you. Well, at uh, in the early 90s, I was the executive director of Pro Basketball Fellowship, and I was doing that full time. We had done some fundraising activities in Sacramento. One of our board members uh, was from Sacramento, and so I helped direct a, a fundraising banquet there. And during those times coming from, we were living in Seattle, coming to Sacramento periodically, preparing for that. Uh, one day we were talking and he said, uh, um, have you ever thought about moving back to California? And I said, well, you know, not really. Our kids are in high, you know, are in high school. And he said, well, you should think about it. And because 
Uh, I was really struggling because there was only one team, one NBA team, uh, you know, in Seattle, and I had to drive to Portland. And at that particular time, I was also doing some recruiting for pro athletes outreach for their baseball conferences. Mm -hmm. And that was right at the time that the, uh, the Seattle team was thinking about moving to Florida. So we were thinking, well, I, I might not even have a professional baseball team to do the recruiting. Make, again, make another long, uh, long story <laughs> short, um, we began to pray about it, and the Lord just opened up doors for us to come back. It really made sense from a development standpoint, from a pro basketball fellowship standpoint, because here you know, we had four NBA teams with basic, in basic driving distance. So um, we made that decision to, to come back. All right. Well, Gaylene, before we get totally off of the athletic track here, you were kind of a precursor to the aerobics craze, uh, maybe the jazzercise. I'm not sure, but fill us in on the details there. Of, of yes, your... I do have a, an interest in, in fitness. Boy, I haven't talked about that in a long time. Oh, take us there, please. But probably starting about 1978, um, just had a real interest in helping women stay healthy, and that led to, in Seattle, um, I had a partner, and we had a Christian aerobics company that we, we partnered with uh, Seattle Pacific University to do the training. The profs there came in uh, and did the anatomy physiology uh, as such, and then we wrote for permission to use the music, and we trained instructors to have aerobics programs in churches for ministry and did that for a very long time how wonderful is that it was it was really so you're addressing the heart physically as well as spiritually that's right and that's it was called king of hearts is that right (laughs) (laughs) what a cool name yes i hadn't thought about that or or devotion in motion (laughs) i like that too that's got a nice ring to it that's got a nice ring to it so we we both share an interest um you know, in physical fitness. And, in fact, if we have off time, we still like to do hiking. That would be our our, uh, activity of choice together. Now, now, quick question. You know, people are adding the the years up and all that, but you still play against your sons ever? I I mean, do you guys do some one-on-one or what? I was thinking the same thing. They're too big and strong, so I always have something hurt that I can't play. Now your hurts have hurts, yeah, right? Both, both our boys are really into weightlifting, and Uh-oh. so they are really pretty big, so they always come And up how about them. those eight grandchildren? You've got a team for them, right? Well, I, I love to play with them and play basketball. They're getting at the point where, especially we have a teenager now, so um, I, it's always fun to get out and shoot some hoops with, mm. with him. Oh, I love it. And before it. we get off the fitness, too, I think this would be good for me to share. Um, I think the why... I appreciate being able to have um, a healthy enough body to participate in physical fitness. As a child, I was on the tail end of the polio epidemic. And so I was very young, but I remember, you know, the physical therapy and such. And so I think that was an impetus Mm. for for me to um, really be thankful because a lot of people weren't so fortunate and blessed to recover totally. Oh, we've got so, so much more to share with you, Gaylene. What a <laughs> prayer life, and I'm sure your prayer life began at a very early age. Stick around. Giving God the glory with their lives, our guest tonight, the Terry's Claude and Gaylene, as we listen to Mercy Me song, God With Us Now, on Lighthouse Live. Who are we that 
You gotta love that ending. Isn't that amazing? Mercy me. God with us. On Lighthouse Live with Pastor Mike, Elaine, Claude, and Gaylene Terry. Thank you so much for joining us. Wherever you may happen to be listening tonight, we just are thrilled that they are with us. So much to cover the lives, the stories, and the lives that they touch. They attend First Baptist Church in Modesto, California. They have a family here, a family of three children and eight grandchildren, and just so, so very much to share as they touch the lives here in the city. Uh, It is just amazing. Uh, We were talking during the break of some of the ministries at First Baptist, and Claude, you want to talk a little bit maybe about some of the ministries that are going on there and and how you and Gaylene serve there and just share because there's so much and Gaylene I want you to share about the prayer life that you have and just I I was also saying I wish we had two hours with you guys but let's make the most of the last half of the hour here well it's been a a great pleasure and privilege that we get to serve together on the staff at uh, First Baptist Church Um, we we just have a great time it's uh, a great a great opportunity we have (coughs) my responsibilities include our Monday night church ministry which is a ministry to the poor and homeless in Modesto 
uh, our uh, God's Way Out, which is our recovery ministry that meets on Thursday nights at 7 p.m., and then uh, evangelism. And then uh, really my, my heart, uh, even though I, I really enjoy those ministries, uh, I am oversee our world outreach area, our local and global missions. And so um, have, have a, great, um, a great time doing that. Now, what takes place on Monday nights? Monday night we have uh, a service that starts at 6 p.m. And we uh, have worship and preaching time. And then we serve a meal, a sit-down meal for anywhere from 200 to 300 people normally. That is significant. And Gaylene's saying something there. The yeah, homeless. for the homeless. Yeah. Yes, Monday night church. No, for the, not for the staff. That's, well, for the that's, although you may have a staff. The, of the, the food is so good, we have to keep them out. Yes. Don't you like block off the street or something? And we've been married so long, you can tell oftentimes he does play-by-play and I do the color. <laughs> I love it. These people are fed, and, and aren't they clothed as well? I mean, don't you have... Something else going on there? Uh, you know, I mean, through the years, we've we've done a lot of things. Yeah. Everything from uh, there's be a mo- uh, mobile medical uh, clinic. We were involved in that for a while. While uh, we had that, uh, there was there's clothing. There's uh, one time we had someone that was giving haircuts, and then uh, that is so cool. You know, those you know with with some of the things that go on these days. Uh, um, it's just exciting to see what, what God does and transforms lives. I want you to know, I hear about this ministry from volunteers yeah, and from people right. on the streets, word of mm-hmm. mouth. I hear about what happens yes. on Monday night yeah. there from others. That's a, a really good thing. That's, yeah. that's very good. You know, Elaine, uh, there's, well, it wasn't a book that came out a couple of years ago. Everything I learned about life, I learned in kindergarten. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I, I'll give you a, as, as a, um, fellow shepherd in the city, and I want to say everything I learned about this, but a lot of what I learned about uh, handling domestic violence situations and ritualistic abuse and many of those very sensitive issues that often aren't talked about in churches, I learned by listening to Gaylene yes, over the years and, yes. and getting some uh, wise counsel from her <laughs> as uh, as, a, as a male pastor. There were times I, I just didn't know what to do, you mm-hmm. know, with, and, and uh, Gaylene has been a, a wonderful uh, source of information if you remain teachable you can learn a lot Gaylene uh, talk a little bit about how God brought you into um, kind of this unseen world you know where we don't hear a lot about it in churches but boy there's a lot of hurt there and, and there's a lot of women that just desperately need some very special attention and some some healing yes actually this started probably more than two decades ago in Seattle uh, when in our church there, I was on a leadership team and, and the prayer team and was asked to be part of a prayer team mm. for ritual abuse. Now, now looking back, I know it was two different types, one that was just more of a, a teenage situation, but one was generational satanic ritual abuse, because it is true. As much as we in this room desire our children to grow up and walk with the true God, there are the same people believing as fervently that they raised their children to worship Satan mm-hmm. yeah. as Lord. Uh, and so, of course, when you're brought up in that kind of, of trauma and torture, um, recovery is a process. But the good news is nothing is too hard for God. Amen. He is yes. the God who heals. Yes. That's one of his names. Yeah. So it's um, a privilege for me to join him 
uh, as he calls these dear, he just started bringing people right to the chair in my office mm-hmm. when I got mm-hmm. here. <laughs> and I just kept saying, Lord, there's more here. I need help. And so I do have a mentor on the East Coast, Dr. Tom Hawkins. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we've done two conferences out here. So it's in every city, and I would venture to say in every church. Mm-hmm. Um, the enemy's a counterfeit. Yeah. So he, he's going to be where there is the genuine. And, uh, and so part part of the the challenge here is creating a safe environment, absolutely, where women. Because I, I would imagine that, that many uh, an abused woman has uh, tried to uh, get counsel, yeah. and uh, we we just fumbled the ball, right? You know, right. And not intentionally, not intentionally, right? No. Uh, for example, at a church, I think it's it's very key uh, if a church can have a female <laughs> contact person. Because just we have to just face it. To too many women, men are not safe, exactly. and um, so that's one thing. You know, we as a church can do is have some women trained uh, in the area of domestic violence. You know, not even the, the ritual abuse stuff, but domestic violence is growing. It I is. Mean, I've never seen that so much. I get so many calls from across our city, and even some out of state. I don't know how people find me. Um, and, and with ritual abuse, you know, I've talked to people all all across the country, and I've even done some phone appointments from Europe at wow. this point. Mm. So not that many people, you know, are, are committed to staying in that over the long haul. Internationally speaking, you are having an impact, Gaylene. I know in the city you are. You know, we hear it from the Haven Women's Center and, and uh, places here where you are serving and working with uh, our partners Thanks. to make a difference. And, and so deeply appreciated, I know, here within ABC. Yes. Uh, we see that all the time. Thank you. So appreciate your work there, and the prayer support is just tremendous as well. It's been wonderful for me as a uh, as a husband to uh, to see the love that she has for these women. Mm. And, and it's not one of those that... Uh, you know, you get a lot of accolades, uh, a lot of pats on the back. It, it is a behind-the-scenes kind of ministry, and to see her love and care, and it's not uh, a quick-fix kind of ministry. This or a 9-to-5. Or 9-to-5. Right. It's a long-term, you know, 24-7 kind of ministry, and to see her heart and and love for for these uh, ones that she loves, it, it's really, uh, again, it's another humbling thing mm-hmm. to be. And, to, and really, it's God's heart. You know, it all stems from him. It, And I have to say on my husband's behalf, too, I mean, not many men, and we've had women live with us. Wow. Off and on over the years, even um, satanically, ritually abused women. And so I have to also thank him um, because many women wouldn't, many men wouldn't um, want to be a part of that. What incredible commitment (laughs) and dedication. And as you say, no, no quick fix. This is a lifetime process. And that's the sad thing. There are people around saying, you know, one prayer session and you can be done. And that's just. Old is gone. The new is coming. Forget about what's behind. (laughs) Oh my. Oh my. Sure. My goodness. And we won't even talk about Harry Potter. I mean, when you talk about these women, (laughs) they want to go. Pick at the, <laughs> you know, and, and very strong feelings. And not a, about a lot that. of people realize that you know that there is a, a, a deep sensitivity, oh, you know, that other yes. people might just gloss oh, over. But yes. when you have these major scars oh. in life, that's terrible. Yeah. Right. We've got more with Claude and Gaylene Terry right after this.
Deep needs, deep hurts, spreading far beyond the government's ability to help. Children, single moms and dads, the elderly, disabled, the homeless. Yet, thousands of resources that can meet those needs are sitting right now in the pews and seats of our churches. The challenge? Activating those resources and connecting them with the people in need. We have a proven solution, advancing vibrant communities. We bridge the gap. We connect people and churches with opportunities to serve the needs of their neighbors. Pure, simple, proven effective, advancing vibrant communities. What's our motivation? Jesus' command in Matthew 22:39, to love your neighbor as yourself. The church at large has a biblical mandate to serve the needs of the community. Advancing Vibrant Communities researches those needs, then finds volunteers with the skills and passions to meet those needs. The very first story that Mike told about ABC involves serving one of my church members whose needs I could not meet within my own community. And in that moment, God humbled me and asked me to open my heart and really listen. And as I saw the setup of the database, I realized that AVC is a wonderful partner with my own congregation. It helps us be more effective. This organization comes along and says, I'll do a lot of the groundwork and we'll discover the needs. And then those folks in your congregation who desire to be a part and who have these skills can volunteer. AVC partners with over 80 community and government agencies to help meet the needs of the city. We network with organizations like Habitat for Humanity, the American Red Cross, Salvation Army, the Area Agency on Aging, the School District, and the Police Department. Habitat and AVC is a perfect match in that we both have common missions of helping people get out of the four walls of the church, getting out into the community and helping others. AVC serves volunteers by finding ways for them to help others. AVC serves the needy through volunteer efforts with love, grace, mercy, and compassion. AVC serves churches by augmenting efforts to reach out and meet the needs of their neighbors. AVC serves businesses by helping create healthy neighborhoods, by connecting employees with opportunities to volunteer, and by providing opportunities to donate goods and services to legitimate needs in the community. Well, it works. And I, I, I believe that as in our companies, as being uh, formerly a businessman in, in Stanislaus County and, and uh, other counties in the state as, as, as well, that uh, our companies were only as, as successful as our weakest link. And I believe that to be the same case in our communities and in our cities, that we can only be as much as we're going to be based upon the capacity and the ability of others to participate at an increased level and quality of, of life. You know, some of us can do, donate a little money, some a little time, some one or the other or both. It really touched my heart that these strangers were interested in me and what I needed in my life. You know, it's not only hearing it, but it's seeing them, and it's being there in person and seeing the, the need that they have and hopefully being able to do something about it. I will tell you, as you know, your chief of police in the city of Modesto, we need your help in the community making a difference. Volunteer, I know we can put you to work. And I, I promise you, if you get involved, you'll feel better. You'll be happier. 
How can we partner with you to meet the needs of our city? We ask you to consider monthly financial support and to help recruit more volunteers. Advancing Vibrant Communities. Faith in action. Pure, simple, proven effective. Carrying out the biblical mandate to love our neighbors as ourselves. Thank you. We're back with you on Lighthouse Live. Pastor Mike, Elaine, and Claude, and Gaylene Terry. Tonight, a very special, special uh, segment on uh, on Claude and Gaylene and the City Ministry Network and uh, all of that's going on at First Baptist and just their life and their love and their passion reaching out to all that they serve. And Gaylene, I just want to thank you once again for all you're doing on domestic violence and prayer and prayer in the city. The fact that you two married, working together, how fun is that? It is really fun. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get tired of it. It's you better every day. Better every Amen day. to that. Yeah. God had a good idea there, didn't he? He did. <laughs> Gaylene, uh, let's talk a little bit about uh, the the prayer movements that that you see, that you've been a part of. And you know, we're, we're told to pray without ceasing, to pray mm-hmm. continually, and uh, yeah, the, the depth of what that really means uh, is, is really a little bit of mind-blowing. But from your perspective, let's talk about prayer movements today, what you see, and, and the importance of us staying in contact with God on a regular basis. Well, obviously, God is doing something in our day uh, where, where he is, is calling cities to pray. He's mm-hmm. calling states to pray. Um, as you know, I've been involved in the city here, and I'm also involved... Um, not as well known, a group we've been praying together for about three years now with different county leaders from around California. And so we do a prayer call once a week. Mm. We don't talk. We just get on the phone and pray, mm. uh, you know, for, for a, a larger area. Um, then I've done uh, part of the Intercessory Team for Mission America, which is a, an organization with basically presidents and CEOs of denominations and ministries. So um, I have a prayer mentor who is a retired school principal who lives in Oakland. And um, that she's just a bless, been a blessing mm. in my life. Mm. So if, if I had one passion, it would be prayer. Mm. <laughs> that would be... <laughs> my wife wants to go on support from the church being a, a prayer missionary. But, intercessory uh, missionary. Intercessory missionary. <laughs> that's that just her, uh, might not I be like it. <laughs> I do, too. I do, too. <laughs> Yes, indeed. It is. It is, seems like it is so hard to find sustainable movements. You know, uh, we, we of course had, you know, many years ago the lighthouses of prayer and praying, prayer walking our neighborhoods, and uh, it, it seems like if it's not a program with a beginning and an ending, it tends to fall flat. Um, how do you encourage people to rethink prayer? And and make it uh, a part of their daily life and a long, just a long-term lifestyle. Well, I I think first we have to have a disciplined time of prayer. Mm-hmm. That allows for the spontaneity, being ready to pray at any time, night and day. But I think that's the first step: is getting that it's okay to pray from a list or pray for a certain time of day, which um, which grows us, you know, and then, then, you know, scripture has so much to say about deep speaking to deep. And he, he tells us the secret things, but I don't think most people spend the time with him for, to be able to hear his heart. 
for him to whisper those things mm-hmm. that he longs to tell us. Because it's a relational thing, isn't it? Again? Prayer is is a, a relationship, just like yes. we've, we've. It's a relationship uh, with the Father through the Son, mm-hmm. exactly, and um, it's the praying life, you know. Again, it's been great to see uh, prayer really modeled in my in my spouse. Um, just uh, a few weeks ago, I was reading Colossians four, which is still on my mind. Uh, and it said, you know, devote yourselves to prayer. And just in my quiet time, I said, Lord, what does it really mean to be devoted to prayer? Mm. And it was just like very quickly, it was like, well, you know what it means to be devoted to basketball. Mm. And then I thought of all the hours and the commitment to do that uh, really put it in perspective. And really, the discipline comes before the delight. I mean, to me, there is no more fun thing than praying for hours and hours at a time. But I think for most people who are not seasoned intercessors, um, I think we lose ground. Uh, you have to put freshness into it. I think the, the people at Kansas City IHOP really have a lot to add about the way they structure their prayer. Yeah. It keeps it fresh. Uh, we both, we had the privilege of going to a conference there. And That's then, the International House of Prayer. Yes. Right. Not, not, the, not, not the pancake house. <laughs> not pancakes. No, we fast. Not go to the pancake house. Pancakes come later after the fast. <laughs> what kinds of things, Gaylene, uh, for our listeners and for all of us, keep things fresh? You, you, you spoke of freshness in prayer. What, what keeps things fresh for you? For me, it's relational, so okay. I don't have a problem with the freshness so much. I think the corporate things is, I think, what we need to have freshness mm. with. Mm. Um, One of the ways that I describe it is that when I was learning to play basketball, uh, it wasn't very much fun. Uh, you know, you dribble off your foot. Uh, the ball doesn't, when you shoot it, doesn't go in all the, you know, uh, any. And so, but the more you practice... The, the better you get, the more confidence you have, the more you understand the fundamentals. And I think it's very similar in the, uh, you know, uh, with, with prayer. With um, anything else at, we at do. At first, it's virtual. hard, yes. it's difficult, but the more you do it, the more confidence you have, the more relationship that you're building and you're, you're getting to know the Lord mm. uh, more intimately. And so. And then you come to a place where it's like the, you know, Second Corinthians talks about strongholds and so as you're getting in touch with god's heart he can have you send those smart bombs right to the stronghold you guys spend so much and that persistent persevering Mm. it breaks it down you know and all prayer is is agreeing with god says is what's going to happen you know we pray the scripture It's, it's it's i think the enemy wants it to be too hard because you can't go wrong with praying you, with yeah. what God says right. he wants to have. I wish we had Amen. you for another hour. You guys spend so much time praying for others very quickly. How can we keep you in prayer? <laughs> we both look at one another. Uh, one, just, um, you know, we, we need prayer. Especially, you know, Gaylene and the ministry that she's, the ministry she's involved in, it's, uh, it's very intense. Um, a lot. We were talking about spiritual warfare earlier, and uh, there there is a lot of that. 
and then just continued protection that we continue to draw closer to the Lord. Amen. Thank you so much for being here with us. Thank you for listening, wherever you may be. Join us next week. Doctors in the house. Dr. Jen Hunman joins us. All right. God bless you for listening. Until next week, God bless you and good night.